Welcome to Jags AM. Kainali Stevens here with Brian Sexton, John Osier, and we are back refreshed, renewed from bye week as we get ready for week 10 of the NFL season. And I'm going to speak for everybody and say we're pretty happy with where the team is at right now at 6-2, and two, especially when you watch some of the other games like I did this weekend. You're definitely more appreciative of where the Jaguars are at, at least. I'll speak for you guys and say that because some of those teams, they're struggling right now. Oh, yeah. And, and it's, it's my hot take, so I'm going to hold off. Okay. What did you get to do on your week off, John? Uh, I went to Porch Fest in Springfield and nice. uh, watched a little NFL yesterday. Okay. Look, uh, the Jags are good. And sure are. it was nice to watch, obviously. Jaguars play knowing that they were either going to be two and a half, three games up, they're two games up. Um, and I'm getting some emails from people. <laughs> Why aren't the Jaguars playing as good as this team? Why aren't they playing as good as this team? Why isn't Trevor Lawrence, CJ Stratt? Look, they're six and two. They've won 11 of their last 13. Um, they're fine. They're winning games uh, the way they've been winning. Yeah. Um, and now they have a tough stretch. And it, I'm getting emails about that too, Ryan. Hey, oh, it's a tough stretch, kind of. <laughs> it's the NFL. It's supposed to be hard. <laughs> no rookie quarterback has ever played like C.J. Stroud did yep. yesterday. That's a revelation. That was something to watch for sure, and we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. Let's start with our big things this week, though, as we go into Week Ten. They're back at it. That's our big thing because after the bye week, they have not much time to get back into it before they're going up against the 49ers on Sunday, and that is certainly going to be a big game. Brian, we had this one circled on our schedule beforehand, oh, yeah. um, and you know the 49ers are coming off a bye as well, so they've had some time to get well. This is going to be a good game. We spent so much time, Kai, talking about all the games they played in that compressed period of time. What was mm -hmm. it? Three and 12 days, four and 19. Now they'll play their first game, or their second game, I should say, in 24 days, right? So they've had plenty of time to get guys who were banged up or injured ready to practice this week and find out whether they can come back and play. Plus. You just spent the weekend watching some of the best teams, that Miami-Kansas City game yesterday. You know, the Baltimore-Seattle game. These guys want to get back out on the field because they want to play. They want to see where they match up. John, any chance they got out of focus in this time off, or do you think they'll be all set? Look, if, if they win Sunday, then the bye will have been great. <laughs> if they lose, well, they got out of focus. They didn't. It, that will be the narrative whether or not it's I don't worry about this team being ready. I don't worry about it being uh, focused, whatever. The 49ers are good. They might lose. Uh, they also might win because the Jaguars are good. I think it'll be that kind yeah. of a game, but I don't think it'll have anything to do with lack of focus. I think this bye can only help this team to get healthy. And I think when you look at Doug Peterson and his body at work as both a player and a coach, you know, he's been in this league since 1991. Yeah. So he has seen it all and he understands he's gone through two bye weeks and one bye week and how to put it all together. He'll have his team ready to get on the practice field this week. And then you, you get a San Francisco team that's lost three in a row coming across the country, mm -hmm. right, to play a 10 a.m. game. But they're really still very good. Don't let anybody tell you that they're not. They're certainly going to be dangerous no matter who's out on the field for them. Our second big thing this week is deadline edition because it's been about a week since we've talked to you guys and trade deadline has come and gone on Halloween and there was an addition to this team, maybe not what people expected, but they added to the offensive line. Doug Peterson was actually on the Pat McAfee show at the time the trade was announced. Here's what he had to say. Well, I, I think that is expectations and, and, you know, obviously getting a good player to come in here and help us and, and we've already got a a good offensive line and, and, and Ezra can come in and, and give us some really good depth and and uh, it's just a matter of getting him caught up and, and get him in, getting getting him in the room you know with a, with a really good uh, offensive line guys like Brandon Scherf I mean he, he's the leader in there and, and Luke Fortner and 
You know, I mean, you look at these guys, Cam Robinson, I mean, Walker Little, these guys are just busting their tail every week. So getting a guy like Ezra, uh, his caliber, we got a, you know, a starting type uh, guard really, really solidifies, you know, solidifies our offensive line and makes us better. Love the Halloween costumes there on the Pat McAfee show. Um, they did add to the offensive line, um, John. That was something we talked about. Maybe if you can find somebody to add there, that would certainly be helpful to the depth of this team. That's an issue they've had throughout the season. Is this guy going to help out there? Yeah, I, I mean, give some options. I don't really have a great feel yet for whether it's going to be him, whether it's going to be Walker Little, left mm. guard. Um, bare minimum, it gives them options. I think they learned last year that they need in the second half of the season two guys who can, I mean, uh, three offensive tackles and three swing players that they like. And now they also have Tyler Shatley in there with Cleveland. Um, it gives them the depth and it might make them stronger on the interior, which is why uh, a little might be the odd man out for a week or two until they figure this thing out. He's a good player. Um, whether he'll be ready to go this week or not, I think most people probably heard that he and Roush were together for a time in Minnesota. Think big picture on this one as well. They need guards. Brandon Sheriff's not likely to be here because of his cap number next year. And Tyler Shatley is a free agent next year. He's towards the end of his contract. And Walker Little is really a tackle. And Cam Robinson has a big number. So you need bodies at guard. Cooper Hodges is a guy that they have a lot of hope for. Mm -hmm. And Cleveland is a guy who was a second-round pick and is a really good player. So I get it. It's a play for today because we're focused on this season and playing for this season. But it's also a play for the future because if over the next nine games he plays well... He's the guy that you can work into your salary structure and go forward with. He's a big guy. He's a talented guy. Um, a lot of people that I talked to last week were surprised that he gained for just a sixth-round pick. Mm -hmm. thought maybe he was worth a little bit more than that. And as we've seen, the depth is something we definitely need because as soon as we got Cam Robinson back, Walker Little goes out with an injury. So this has been an issue point for the team, so certainly doesn't hurt to get a little extra help in that position. Our final big thing, though, is standing pat because while they did add to the offensive line, they did not choose to go after a pass rush. Um, Daniel Hunter was out there. There was talks, uh, rumors that the Jaguars were involved in that. But, Brian, they decided to stay with their guys here and not really go after a big name. Well, word on the street was Hunter was not available last week. That They were only looking at a first-round pick for a guy, and no one was going to throw that out there, especially when you saw the Commanders get a second and a third-round pick for their two pass rushers, Kai. I think overall, since the Jaguars didn't have two, three, and four available, they weren't willing to send a first-round pick for a pass rusher that might just be a short-term deal for them. Plus, you saw what Sweat got. He got a four-year, $98 million deal from the Cleveland or from the Chicago Bears. And, John, when you look at all the players that the Jaguars want to pay next year, yeah. we've talked about it. You've got quarterback, wide receiver, perhaps, uh, defensive back, offensive lineman, pass rusher. How are you going to work that huge salary into your structure with the guys that you want to keep? I think it's difficult. Um, it would have been difficult to bring a pass rusher in and say, hey, pass rusher, here's a nice big contract. Right. Uh, Josh Allen, hang tight. Hmm. You know, because uh, you're talking around here for the last two years about trying to pay your guys and being a draft and develop team, and then the first guy you pay is a trade and develop. Well, guess what, Brian? Trade and develop is not draft and develop. Trade and develop is trade and develop. Yep. Um, I'm also not surprised they didn't do it because, uh, again, I keep going back, they don't think that their pass rush is a weakness. Uh, they think that their front seven overall, the disruption that they create, is maybe the strength of the team right now. So I get you could have added one more piece, and why didn't you go make the move? All, it, or it says chips all in. Well, I get chips all in, but I also get that Trevor Lawrence is in his third year. Yeah. 
And mm -hmm. you also envision this thing being a 15-year Trevor Lawrence window, not a 2023 window where it has to happen right now. Everything else is, nothing else matters, Brian. They're nothing not, else matters. They're not in that, look, it's about this year because at six and two, you're right sure. there. And I think everybody would say the Jaguars are a legitimate contender. But it can't be all about this year, especially with the players that you want to play. And John, going forward. But they're also a legitimate contender with this group. Well, that's it. Right. Right. That's it. And you don't want to sacrifice the future for the present, not in the third year. If he was at year 15 and you're trying to eke out something at the end of his career, well, yeah, then, then you swing for the fences. But I think it was a... It was predestined. You weren't going to get one of those pass rushers for a fifth round pick and you weren't going to give up your first round pick. You just weren't going to do it. But I think if people look at it objectively, the salary that Sweat got in Chicago mm -hmm. tells you why the Jaguars couldn't do it. Right. And if you're going to be dishing out the money, I would imagine you want to give that to your own guy and Josh Allen with what he's been able to do this season. All right. Stay with us. Coming up after the break, we're going to look around the AFC South because the Jags didn't play, but a whole lot of stuff went down. Welcome back to Jags AM. As we move the freight, move the freight, Magellan Transport is voted the coolest office space in Jacksonville. You can apply online at MagellanLogistics.com. And of course, our show today is also brought to you by CarShield. If you're out of your car's manufacturer warranty, don't get stuck with those expensive mechanical and computer repairs. You can call CarShield right now. Welcome back to Jags AM. We're here in the Hyundai studios after a bye week, feeling very refreshed. We're happy to be back talking about football. And the Jags didn't play, but there was a lot of stuff going down in the AFC South this week. On Thursday Night Football, we saw a team we just played in the Steelers facing off against the Titans. And Will Levis had those four touchdowns in his first game. Didn't look quite as good in his second game, but... He still seems to be a little bit better option, I'm going to speak and say, oh, than what they have had at quarterback. And he seems to open up some stuff for the Titans who look a little bit more dangerous than they have so far this year. Well, Tannehill's in the final year of his deal. So you're obviously not going to go forward with a 35-year-old quarterback that didn't get you over the hump. When I look at Will Levis, I see a Ben Roethlisberger-type quarterback. He's big, long, powerful, has a rocket for an arm. Now, he's not... He's not Roethlisberger, at least at not at this point in his career, obviously. But he can make all the throws. What he's got to figure out, from what I hear, is you know how to read a defense, especially in the fourth quarter of a game in the red zone, which he didn't do very well the other night. But this was his second start. I mean, he, he's got a cannon. He's a nice-looking player. He'll stand in there and take a hit as well. T.J. Watt was very complimentary of, of the opposing quarterback in this game. And... John, there's a lot of young quarterbacks in this division all of a sudden that don't look too bad. Yeah, uh, Levis has arm talent. He gives them a shot, and most importantly for the franchise, he gives them something where they probably don't have to worry about going against quarterback this offseason. So they can start building now. They feel like they can be legitimate with this guy. Um, the Colts, I think, feel the same way about Anthony Richardson. There has to be major concerns with him. Mm -hmm hurt three times early in his career and then out as a rookie. Uh, he's got to come back and prove that that's not what he is. Obviously, C.J. Stroud uh, looked very good. Uh, didn't look great the last two weeks. I'm getting a lot of emails. Why can't Trevor do what C.J. Stroud did? Because <laughs> um, in the last five games, he, he hasn't had to. When you're down yep. late in games, you have to throw a lot. The Jaguars, remember, haven't been down in games. Right. So you're not going to have... 450 yards passing when you're up in the second halves of games usually. Those are usually these kind of games. So I'm not worried. It, it, 
Jaguars fans have, have been bad for so long that when they see another team excel, they think that it's unfair that that other team excels. <laughs> right. But the Jaguars are doing fine. There's nothing wrong with Trevor Lawrence just because yeah. C.J. Stroud had 470. Trevor Lawrence was off. It doesn't make Trevor Lawrence a bad quarterback. They're not mutually exclusive. Right. Look, here's the thing about Stroud, and, and Jeff Lagerman said this to me the week that, that we saw them. He's an effortless passer. He makes right? it look pretty. He yes. makes it look pretty. He makes it look easy. He's fearless. He loves the game. And you know what he does? He throws out all those test scores. Because remember, that was the knock on him, mm-hmm. that he didn't test all that well. But when you, you listen to his press conferences and you hear how articulate and intelligent and well-spoken the kid is, you realize this is everything that you want. The arm, the person, the leader, the intellect, the love of the game. What I see when I watch him is, oh boy, we're gonna have some great matchups in the AFC South, especially if Levis and Richardson come along. You'll go from a quarterback desert, right, to the Oasis. It it, it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun to line up against C.J. Stroud. I I say that not being the defensive coordinator, obviously. But if you're a fan watching these games, I mean, it's, it gives you real hope that this division is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And that's how, again, that's how a lot of Jaguars fans don't feel that way. A lot of Jaguars fans want to roll. It's not fair that C.J. Stroud's in the division. Look, if you're, it's part of my hot take too, but if you're going to win the division, um, it's not always going to be, and it's not supposed to be, one team 13 and 4, right. and the other team 7 and no. not, I mean, not 7 and 10. This is a hard league. You're supposed to have division rivalries at the end. You're supposed to have stuff that's fun. Uh, it's okay for C.J. Stroud to be good. The Jaguars can be better. Just a little perspective. I, I can only think of two rookie quarterbacks where I went, whoa. One was Roethlisberger, who I mentioned earlier, who got into the lineup, um, started as the third quarterback in 2004. Charlie Batch gets hurt. Tommy Maddox doesn't play well. He goes in, and they win 13 games, right? 11 regular season, and he gets them to the AFC Championship game where they lose to Tom Brady and the Patriots. Uh, of course, he stepped, that team had four Hall of Famers on it already. Mm-hmm. Jerome Bettis, um, Heinz Ward, Alan Fanica, and Troy Polamalu. So that, that's, right. Then you get, and it wasn't really his rookie season, it was Pat Mahomes, who started only one game as a rookie at the end of the year. And then he gets in in 2018, John, and you think, well, he's going to struggle. This is his first year as a starter. Well, he didn't. He took that team to the AFC Championship game. I don't think C.J. Stroud's going to do that. The roster isn't good enough in Houston. But it's good enough for him to go and do something like that after two bad games and to do it again. We see them in a couple of weeks. I mean, that he's really talented, really good. And it doesn't take anything away from Trevor Lawrence either. I think sometimes we have to forget. People are like, oh, but and I'm like, no, it's a good thing. It's a good thing you're going to be facing so. off against other good quarterbacks in your own division. We talk about iron sharpens iron yes. around here all the time. That's exactly what you're going to see, especially when you're going up against someone that, you know, you could be in a shootout every time you have a game. When you see Tom Brady and Peyton Manning in those shootouts, they, that made them better. And yeah. then... Here, here's behind the scenes, right, how the sausage is made. The Texans are not a big draw when they come here. They don't sell a ton of tickets right. when they come here. The Jaguars usually, last year, the Texans game was the salute to, no, sorry, not salute service. It was the Baselli game. Mm-hmm. They wanted to sell more tickets, so they had Baselli's bust here, and they had the alumni here. If that quarterback plays like that, you'll sell tickets to the Texans game. Sure. It helps everybody when you've got good quarterback play in the division. It's definitely a good thing. Elsewhere in the division, we've been talking about the Colts a little bit, maybe outperforming than what we thought they were going to do, especially with Anthony Richardson not going to be available for the rest of the season. But how about this defense we saw from them? Kenny Moore had 
two pick six touchdowns for them. I know Gardner Minshew is someone we're familiar with. He's managing the game as he manages a game. But when you get two pick sixes from your defense, you're probably going to win a football game and from the same guy as well. Part of that's Bryce Young having Bryce Young rookie moments, but still, that is impressive. Jaguars fans might be complaining about C.J. Stroud, but if you're a Panthers fan, you have to be complaining. Look at what their guy is doing. And we took Bryce Young, who has not looked impressive yet this year. He hasn't. And it's a tough situation to be in. And I'm I'm a big proponent of, you know, I don't expect rookies to come out and light the world on fire either. So I think there's still time for Bryce Young, but it doesn't help when C.J. Stroud is doing what he's been doing. Yeah, the pass, right? I mean, it was a nice play by the Colts defender, but it was also thrown right to him and he ran it back. So um, I think the Colts uh, should be in the Jaguars' rear view for the rest of the year. They've swept them. Jaguars have a lead. Unless something goes very wrong, you're not worried about the Colts. Uh, the Texans are the team that because they beat mm-hmm. the Jaguars here, uh, the Jaguars still have some work to do to sort of put them in the rear view. So, Including uh, beating them in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's, that's the work. That is the word. All right, stay with us. We've got hot takes coming up after the break here on Jags AM. You can sign up for your furry friend for the Jaguars official four-legged fan club for pets presented by Forever Vets Animal Hospital. Your pet will receive access to exclusive merchandise, events, sweepstakes throughout the 2023 season. You can visit jaguars.com slash promotions slash four-legged fan club. And that's where you can sign up for that today. Welcome back on Jags AM. We're off, we're off bye week. It's Monday. We're getting ready for the 49ers on Sunday. We've got some hot takes. You've had a whole week to brew on these hot takes. So, Brian, what was your kind of thoughts after this last week of games you watched and your hot take for this week? Jaguars fans, be thankful for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, there was a lot of bad and backup quarterback play yesterday. Let me just go through the list of guys. Sam Howell for the Commanders, Mac Jones for the Patriots, mm. Ooh, mm, mm, mm. Tommy DeVito for the Giants, Aiden O'Connell didn't play badly for the Raiders, but Aiden O'Connell, uh, Tyler Heineke, Clayton Toon, congratulations to Josh Dobbs, Brett Rippon, uh, Tyler ba- ba- Badgent, Tyson Badgent, the quarterback for the Bears. Uh, you get journeymen like Gardner Minshew, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr. In other words, there are lots of teams. Did Cody Kessler play? It, it would, he should, it, right? It, it, I mean, that, it, it, that's the list, right? You, a bunch of guys, none of whom you want as your starting quarterback. None of these guys you want as your starting quarterback. And the league yesterday had a lot of these guys in the same game. And, and, and how about you had Deshaun Watson back the week before we played P.J. Walker. Yeah. There are, John, there's always been a few of quarterbacks you win because of. Mm-hmm. A lot of quarterbacks you can win with, and then some quarterbacks you that you don't him. want, yeah. right? And there are more quarterbacks who you don't want on the on the field right now than the quarterbacks that you can win with, let alone the ones you win because. A lot of really average to below average quarterback play, you don't have that problem here. You have a quarterback on a team that's won five in a row, hasn't trailed in the second half, and is playing at a high level. And it's very separated, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs. Oh, guess what? They're good. Lamar yep. Jackson, the Ravens, very good. So it, it's, uh, it's always a quarterback league. But the solid franchises look really solid there. And it's, it, as you said, watching it yesterday, what's hard to imagine is it's hard to imagine a team without a guy right now getting up into that group. It'll happen. Somebody will be playing in the last six or eight teams that we're not expecting. Maybe the Vikings, they're hot. But it's hard to imagine anything sustainable if you're not talking about one of those franchises with a guy right now. Yeah, and look, not to pick on Gardner Minshew, but 
Kenny Moore had more return yards than Gardner Minshew had passing yards yesterday, right? Yeah. And how about this? More how about, touchdowns as well. And how about next week? <laughs> you know, yesterday you had a premier matchup in Frankfurt for the international game. You had Patrick Mahomes and um, uh, Tua, right? Next week you have Gardner Minshew and Mac Jones. Whew, that's a big step down. In that premier game, John, I know you have a hot take mm-hmm. related to that. What did you see in that game? Well, the Chiefs still look like the Chiefs. They still look like the team to beat. They look to me like the team that will probably be hosting throughout the playoffs. I mean, it, that, that's not a given, but it, it, if you had to pick a team right now, uh, they and the Ravens have the best record. Chiefs have hosted the AFC Championship game five years. They look like the team to beat. Good. Go beat them. And, this is sort of, I'm probably angry with my inbox a little bit because I always get these emails, oh, the Chiefs look like they're a team. They have Patrick Mahomes again. We're not going to be able to go out and get that. If you're going to get to where you want to go in this league, um, you're going to have to beat good teams to get there. If the Chiefs aren't good, somebody else is going to be good. Yeah. If the Texans aren't good, somebody else is going to be good. So stop worrying so much about what the rest of the league does. Right and realize that if, if the Jaguars win, they're 6-2 and two right now, they have nine games left. If they go 7-2 and two over, over that stretch, they're 13-4, and four, and, and I would give them a coin flip's chance to have a number one seed or number two, well, that gets you in the mix. Go win. By Cincinnati way, won in Kansas City a couple of years ago. They did. So the it's, um, it doesn't – all teams that have won the Super Bowl – have beaten two or three good teams to get there. Mm. You're gonna have to beat somebody good. It may as well be the Chiefs. By the way, That's you it. mentioned that they've hosted five consecutive AFC title games. They're three and two in those games, not five and zero. Oh. Right. The Patriots got them, and, and um, Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati got them. And you know, Kansas City won yesterday not because Patrick Mahomes was on fire. They won because their defense shut down. I mean, absolutely put the clamps on Tua and Tyreek and that crowd. They didn't score the Chiefs a touchdown in the second half. Even when the game got close, they didn't score. In fact, they went three and out on a critical series late in the ball game. They put the ball back in the hands of Tua and Miami, and they didn't get it done. So Kansas City's really good because that quarterback can play at a very high level, but they're not the same as they've been in years past. They don't have those other receivers that can take advantage of the downfield attack. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, the Dolphins threw a lot mm-hmm. at the tight end, and mm-hmm. Kelsey was not as big a factor, but none of the other receivers were either. So it was their defense that won it for yesterday. If you can put points up, if your offense gets started, you can run with those guys. Yeah, not looking past this Sunday's game because obviously uh, uh, the 49ers are as good as any team the Jaguars will play this year. Yeah. But the Bengals-Ravens here, um, wow, probably even more than the Chiefs because the Chiefs was so early. It's hard to call an early season game a benchmark because so much changes as the year goes on. Uh, those two games against those two teams uh, are a, as big a regular season stretch as the Jaguars have had, whatever. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Oh no, I, I, you you are exactly right. Two home games in three weeks in prime time in December against for, those kind of teams for the for right. home field in the in the AFC. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is easily far and away the biggest stretch yeah. of games on a Jaguar schedule in their franchise and, history. And I think. If you look back, I think that's because when they were really good in the 90s, the schedule wasn't quite set up. And there were three divisions, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Am I remember that right? Yeah. So you didn't quite have this one plays one 
uh, three different times in the schedule. Scheduling formula is different. The way you do now. So now you're going to play those. Uh, so it, it sets up for more games like this, and the Jaguars, guess what? They're good. And just one final thought on that. The Ravens, find their offense, they almost ran for 300 yards yesterday, 298. And their defense is so good. And they have dominant wins over Seattle, who had looked good to this point, and Detroit, who looked great to the point that they went and got hammered by those guys. I think, I think Baltimore might be the best team in the league right now. They are, and I think, or I think they're one of the hottest teams is what I will speak to because, um, you know, we've seen the Chiefs win games, but mm-hmm. they're doing it in different ways. They're not doing it necessarily Patrick Mahomes doing crazy things, but, you know, no one's ragging on them for that as much as they rag on Trevor for not doing things when we well, win. Well, because they have the resume. I know, and they, they've earned they've it, won, so right. I, won't, I won't rag on that in that regard, but Jaguars don't get a ton of respect, and my hot take is about the disrespect. I think it's a good thing because it builds character, right? We've been hearing... Uh, I've been seeing that graphic on Twitter all the time with Mac Jones compared to Trevor Lawrence, their three seasons together and how they're pretty much the same quarterback. Everybody's talking about the Texans and how they're going to give them a run in the AFC South. Um, you know, a whole bunch of other things. I think there was the, they were voted like the worst six and two team when they were going over that last week. And it's a good thing for this team. Yes, there should be expectations here in Jacksonville. We want them to win, but I think they thrive off that. Maybe I'm just the petty kind of person. I thrive off of it when people talk down about me or my team, and I think the team thrives off that too. You can see it whether there was Thursday Night Football and Trevor's coming out and getting a little saucy on Twitter about, you know, we'll just find ways to win and they can criticize how I play. The Jaguars have that little bit of a chip on their shoulder from that, whether they'll admit it or not, or even those two games that they lost when they lost to the Texans and the Chiefs right there, and then they kind of took that and got back on track with things. And I think this little run that they have, they're already underdogs to the 49ers this week on Sunday when they're playing at home. Um, and I think that'll drive them to be a little bit, take it up a little bit as we've seen them going throughout the season. They're improving every week, and I think they're going to be continuing to do that starting One on thought on, on, on this worst six and two team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. First, mm-hmm. they're still better than all the other is that, teams. Aren't aren't they? Is, is, that, is that coming um, from Jaguars fans? Who knows? No, no, no. It was like they were doing like a, like a lot of the different right. pundits were doing oh. like, oh, of all the six and two teams. Yeah. And they were like, well, I can't trust that's the Jaguars because they're the right. Jaguars. That's just like, why you can't trust them. Yeah. Don't trust it. Though. If you, the six teams they've beaten, if the teams that they beat would have won those games, it would have been a big Every win. team they've played would be over 500. Yeah. Sears are five and three. Saints are five and four. Falcons are, four, you know. So, to me, this has not been a soft schedule. This has been a not a great schedule so far. But you would feel differently about these teams if the Jaguars hadn't beaten. Sears would be six and two without that, and everybody'd be talking about them as a hot team. So, Jags would take care of business against some uh, not great but good teams the last five weeks. Best thing about it is you get a chance to go prove it on Sunday right. against San Francisco. Sure do. Stay with us. We'll preview what we got coming up the rest of the week here on Jack's AM. Jags fans, if you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home, check out zipchair.com to browse all of the customizable options. Zipchair is furniture for fans. Back here, getting ready for the 49ers game on Sunday. That's going to be a good one. I, I've been looking. I had that one, one of the ones circled on my schedule for sure. It's not a primetime one, but it's going to have that primetime feel, even with whatever the 49ers are rolling out there, because I know they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. That's going to be a great matchup and just kind of a measuring stick game as well, Brian. It is uh, primarily for your offense, because even though you, you can look at 
the Niners and how they've struggled to score the last couple of weeks and how Brock Purdy has had to play from behind for the first time in his career and hasn't necessarily performed up to the level that he did last year. Uh, their defense is, well, it's it's one player better now that you've got the pass rusher from Washington added in there. And Nick Bosa, the last time we saw Nick Bosa here, he was devastating. Juwan Taylor had to block him, and Juwan was constantly in Trevor's back pocket. This was in two years ago in 2021. Mm-hmm. And... Um, there and they drew Javon Hargrave, the eighty million dollar tackle that they uh, plugged in there from Philadelphia last year. And Fred Warner, I mean, they're just they're gifted at every level with two or three players. So your offense is going to have to be ready to go. Yeah, and I think it's a big game for the Jaguars defense because what you just talked about will be a storyline this week. Oh, the 49ers defense is this, this, and this. I don't think the Jaguars defense will get talked about very much, um, but they're good. And it'll be a game where the Jaguars' defense can show that we can hang with this kind of a defense. Well, they get, I think they get Debo Samuels back this week, right? Because mm-hmm. he's, been, he's been that guy who's been that trigger point. Is he going to run the ball? Are you going to throw it to him? We saw him again in 2021, and he took the Jaguars' defense apart that year. Mm-hmm. So uh, Brandon Ayuk has come up, and, and he's playing at a high level. Uh, Kittle is one of the best, most difficult-to-cover tight ends in the game. Um, it's, it's a big challenge. This is a really good football team that hit a rough stretch. They, remember, they beat the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football 40-10, oh mm-hmm. and you thought, uh-oh, you know, who's going to get in their way? Um, well, a couple teams have since then. Remember, the Bills came to London, and everyone thought, well, I mean, they're mm-hmm. scoring 41 points and, and only giving up 10. The Jaguars got in their way, so here's a chance to go and do it again. Should be interesting, and hopefully the Jaguars have had some time to get healthy in the bye week as well, because we know Tyson Campbell, Andre Sisco, Walker Little, of course, so hopefully all of them will be back, and then we'll get to see both these teams at full strength or close to it in this matchup on Sunday. Coming up later in the week, we'll talk more about that 49ers matchup. We'll see you back here on Jags AM on Wednesday.